In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our reading for today is the Gospel reading, which you've already heard. There are two things that happen in today's Gospel reading that are worth our consideration. First, Jesus makes his final passion prediction as he points up the road to the place where he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, mocked, shamefully treated, spit upon, flogged, and killed, all before on the third day he will be raised from the dead and he will be revealed once and for all as the Savior of mankind. The second thing is that Jesus opens the eyes of a blind beggar on the roadside who hears Jesus coming. Now, interestingly, both of these parts of the text teach us about what it is to see Jesus as he really is. So let's think about these two parts of the text. So first, let's tackle Jesus' final passion prediction. It's actually his third in St. Luke's Gospel. Jesus pulls aside the twelve, and he starts to address them with a word that is translated in our text as see. Jesus is directing their attention to what they are about to witness with their own eyes. It's as if he is saying, look at this. This is important, and you dare not miss it, because your very lives depend on what you are about to see with your eyes. He then tells them in very plain language what is about to happen. He will betray, he will be betrayed, he will suffer, he will die, and he will rise again. He doesn't use a parable. He talks straight to them about what's going to happen. There's no trying to read between the lines or guess what's about to happen. What's more, as I've said that this is Jesus' final passion prediction, it's the third, as I said, he's made in this gospel. And he's said this to them time and time again, each time very clearly. And St. Luke after Jesus makes this last passion prediction, says something that is supposed to make our jaws drop and hit the floor. But they understood none of these things. The saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. Now, as a guy who reads the Bible professionally, I get that some of it is hard to understand. Even I have to study, dig, and pray for understanding of certain biblical texts. But this passion prediction, where Jesus speaks so clearly, this shouldn't be that hard to understand, should it? Consider, however, the way St. Peter responds to one of Jesus' earlier passion predictions in Matthew's Gospel. Jesus had begun to teach them that he had to suffer and die and rise again on the third day. And you remember this. Peter pulls aside Jesus privately, like you would your child in the grocery store who's acting up, and he rebuked the Lord, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. 
Jesus' response is probably even more memorable than that. Get behind me, Satan. Your mind is not on the things of God, but on the things of men. Now, before we're too hard on our old friend Peter and the rest of the disciples, consider how often Jesus speaks to us in his word. We simply just don't get it. For instance, Jesus often speaks of the suffering that we must endure in this Christian life, the life that we now are living. He says, for instance, in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are you when others mock and revile you for my sake and for the sake of the gospel. The way that's phrased there, when others mock and revile you, indicates that it is going to happen. It's not if this happens or maybe sometime off in the distant future, there's a possibility that some generation of Christians is going to be mocked and reviled. He says, when this happens to you, there's an implication there that it will happen to us. He says in another place, whoever desires to follow me must take up his cross. And come after me. He also says in John 16, in the world you will have tribulation. Not maybe, but you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In short, as Jesus' disciples, you and me, we are following Jesus no matter where he leads us to, even when we don't quite understand. Today, he is telling us and he is telling the twelve that his road to glory was through cross and through suffering. If we are to follow Jesus, our journey too must go through the cross. Jesus calls us to daily take up our cross and follow along with him. For many of us, this journey may include physical suffering that comes from living in a fallen world, injury, illness, and finally, death. For some, this journey will mean rejection and betrayal on the part of those who are the closest to us. As Lutheran Christians, our view of this world is not rose-colored, at least it shouldn't be. We know that we are strangers in this world as we walk through what Psalm 23 calls the valley of the shadow of death. For some reason, however, we don't like to acknowledge that until someone that we love actually dies. We sing at the graveside or at the casket, I'm but a stranger here at the funeral. But that hymn should really be an anthem for us even as we walk through this world, whether we're healthy or not, whether we're young or old. Even now, you and I are strangers in this world. St. Paul teaches us to pray that he would depart to be with Christ because he says that it is far better than anything else that this world can offer us. That's not to say there's not a lot in this world that is beautiful and good and true. 
But even those things are tainted by sin and death. In the life to come, all that is eternally good, true, and beautiful from this life will not only have been redeemed, but they will also be made new and cleansed of all sin and death in the resurrection. But in order to get to the resurrection, there must first be suffering and death. St. Paul says that because of our adoption into God's family and holy baptism, when Christ claimed us as his own, he says that everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to us. He says that we are heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, Romans 8 says, provided we suffer with him in order that we might also be glorified with him. So here's the point. Christ, by his suffering, sanctifies our suffering, and he uses it for his purpose, and that is to make us fit for his kingdom. That is why we follow Christ through the cross, so that we might also follow him on to glory. Our flesh hates that thought. I'm going to take a poll, and I don't want anyone to actually raise your hands, but how many of you actually like to suffer? Nobody likes that. Nobody likes the pain. Nobody likes to hurt. Nobody likes to feel left out. Our flesh hates it. It's against our very nature. But this is why the disciples, and, and we too, have a hard time understanding some of these sayings of Jesus. But dear saints, Jesus is leading us to the cross that by his suffering, he would redeem us out of our suffering and glorify us in his resurrection, which is then our resurrection from the dead. Don't close your eyes to these things. Don't look away. This is what Lent is all about. It is about following Jesus to the cross and to the resurrection as our path to the cross and as our path to the resurrection and the world that is to come. And this, dear saints, is what the second part of the text, the, the healing of the blind man, is all about. This blind man who has not followed Jesus all these years as the disciples did, knows exactly who Jesus is. He calls out to Jesus when he hears him coming, Son of David, which shows that he knew that Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior, the one long promised, the one who has come to save his people. Jesus tells that man after he heals him, your faith has made you well, which can also be translated as your faith has saved you. The blind man would not be silenced when he heard that Jesus was coming because he could see better than the 12 who had been with Jesus for years. So in this text today, we are not to look to the disciples as to how to be. We should emulate our brother, this blind man, Bartimaeus by name, Mark tells us, by the way. How can we be like 
blind Bartimaeus? How can we see through the pain and suffering of the cross to the glory of Christ's resurrection? Well, just like with Bartimaeus, it must be divinely revealed to us. Peter saw a glimpse on the Mount of Transfiguration. We heard that a few weeks ago. But this man saw Jesus for who he really was through the eyes of faith, even though his physical eyes had failed him. He first encountered Jesus the same way that you and I encountered Jesus. Not by seeing him, but by hearing him in his word. It is through God's word that the Holy Spirit converts hearts to saving faith in Jesus. How he divinely reveals to us and opens our eyes to who Jesus really is. And today, dear saints, Jesus has stopped by this roadside right here on State Road 135 to invite us to see as he leads us to Jerusalem to be betrayed, to suffer, to die, and on the third day rise again from the dead. We will begin this journey on Wednesday at 7 p.m. as Jesus teaches us how to prepare our bodies by fasting, by giving to the poor, and by prayer. This Lent, Jesus will teach us how to live by his word, by every word that comes from the mouth of God, and how to send the devil packing by the power of that same word. He will feed us with that word, and he will feed us with his body and blood as he does today. He will take us to the cross, where we will behold his glory as the one who atones for the sins of his people. And he shows his deepest love and devotion toward us. He will take us to the tomb where he will teach us to rise from the dead on the last day. And he will show us that by his resurrection, he has defeated our death, that our graves simply become a temporary resting place as we wait for the day of the Lord's coming. People loved by God, do you see? We are headed up to Jerusalem. Open your eyes. Don't look away. But maybe more importantly, open your ears to hear it. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.